Hey guys, this is our new series called Fearless Generosity, and this series will show you how to not be afraid of giving generously, such as your time, your heart, and your love, and it will show you that everything starts with your heart. For more info, please visit marinuschurch.org slash jhm. Thanks. To win it. So for me, this week was extremely exciting. Uh, like uh, you may know, I'm married now, so I'm living in this apartment with my wife. I know, I know, every time I say it, you cheer, and it makes me so happy. So we're living in this apartment, and if you live in an apartment or have ever lived in one, and potentially most of you will eventually live in one, either when you're in college, live with some friends, uh, you, know, you know, whatever, whatever, get married, live in a small little place like I do. Like the place is probably a third of this room. It's very small. And the thing about apartments that are so, is so terrible is that you don't have your own washer and dryer in your house. You use like these communal uh, washer dryer rooms. So kind of like a laundromat, but it's there and ours isn't too far from our house. So we got home yesterday, uh, Saturday, we went out for breakfast in the morning, because that's what people do, they go to IHOP for breakfast. So we went to IHOP for breakfast, came home, and went to see if these were available for us to do laundry, because laundry is on our married people list to do. Maybe your parents do your laundry or you help out, but married people, they have to do their own laundry. And Brittany doesn't do it for me, I have to help carry things and switch things and measure these potions and put them in the machine or whatever it is. So I got to do all this stuff. So we walk into the laundry room, and to our absolute surprise, every one of these five washers are empty. Because this is the thing. If you go in there and they're all used, then you can't really use them, and sometimes people will put their laundry in and they'll run it, but they don't come back for like two hours, and you don't want to touch their underwear, so you just leave it in there. And you're, you're waiting until these machines are open for you to use. So all five of these machines were open. So we go up into our apartment, get all our laundry, dirty laundry down. She gets with me, and we start separating this laundry like, you know, just ninjas. We're separating all this stuff, towels and, and pants and lights and darks and, and just all this crazy stuff. And we start putting it and shoveling it in. We have a ton of laundry, shoveling it into these washers. Now, this is what happens. This woman comes and, 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 like, walks into this laundry room that we're in. And she has this little bit. She's a very small little lady, very cute, very nice, very polite, has her little laundry basket with, like, four things in it. And Lucius is like, can I use one? Is there a one open? There wasn't one open. We were using all of them. But this poor woman, I felt so bad for her. But I also felt bad for me if I had to do more loads of laundry later. So I didn't want to let her do it. I don't know this woman. She's a total stranger. She's an outsider to me. Like, she isn't part of my friend group. I don't live with her. She's not my next-door neighbor. She, I don't, you know, go to school with her and hang out with her. She doesn't sit at my lunch table. Like, I, I have no relationship. So think of the relationships you have with people. I have none of this with this woman. I have no idea who she is. Total outsider. Well, I had a decision to make. Will I put myself out for her? See, I don't know her. But I have the choice right now, will I be hospitable to her, an outsider? Because what she is to me, she's an outsider. Now, there's two really big words here that I want to unpack today. And it's this idea of hospitality and outsider. What do these things mean? Outsider comes in many shapes and sizes. You know, for some of us, we look at the outsiders, the people in our schools, that we kind of know them, but they, they kind of smell bad, and we don't talk to them that much, and they're, they're kind of outsiders. They don't sit with our, us at our tables, and they're kind of part of some weird chess club, and we dictate and, and author them to be outsiders. All right, some people that we consider outsiders are people who are elderly. You know, for some people, like the poor, the disenfranchised, those who don't have money, those who are without are outsiders to you. You know, for some of us, we drive down the road and we see the homeless person on the corner with the sign and we've kind of created them to be outsiders. 
You know, those with disabilities are sometimes considered outsiders in our culture. And as our culture becomes uh, more hostile to those with mental illnesses, that they're considered and looked at to be outsiders. So, so this outsider thing, we see this in many shapes and sizes, but hospitality comes in one shape and one size. It's the way God looks at us and other people. See, God says that when it comes to hospitality, it's about loving people. I'm calling you to be loving people to them, the outsiders, to show hospitality to them. You know, when we think of hospitality, sometimes the first picture that comes to mind is like the dinner party at your house. Like your parents have like other adults over and has anyone ever had this before? Like your mom and dad, they're like, oh, you guys got to dress up because we're having these people over. We want to be hospitable to them. So boys, you know, put on a tie and you're like, why do I gotta wear a tie? This is my house. And girls wear a dress and it's like, it's just dinner. Why am I wearing a dress? It makes no sense. But that maybe is our picture of hospitality. You know, this thing that we do in our home, and it's with people we know, and then we got to get all dressed up. We serve really nice food. Now, this is the thing. Leviticus 19 paints a very different picture of hospitality. This is what Leviticus 19 says. The alien living with you must be treated as one of your native-born. Love him as yourself, for you were aliens in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This is what it's saying. He's talking to the Jews, and he's saying, hey, listen, do you remember when you were in Egypt and you were a slave in Egypt? Does anybody remember that story? They, they were slaves in Egypt, and Moses came, and he's like, Leo, let my people go. Like, do you remember that, guys? Because I'm asking you that while you were in a native land, where you were aliens in a different place, when people are aliens in your place, when, when there are outsiders with you, my job for you is to treat them like they're one of your own. That's your job. That's what I'm asking you to do. Now, this was very different for them, a very different way of thinking. It was actually extremely rebellious. Now, it's really easy to think about doing that in the realm of our friendships. Like, oh, yeah, my friends, like, I want them to belong. Like, my buddies are with me, and they're awesome, and my girlfriends are with me. We Instagram photos and tweet about each other, and we just tag each other. We're just this friend-love relationship. You know, I know my friends. I love my friends. You know, I look at, you know, guys like Kurt Butel. This guy's a good guy. I take a bullet for this guy. Yeah, he's right there in the blue shirt. I'd take a bullet for him. You know, I look at Ryan. I would take a bullet for Ryan. I love Ryan. He's one of my closest friends. David Neal, man, I'd get punched in the stomach for him. <laughs> really hard. I'd get punched really hard in the stomach, okay? I would, take a, I would take a bullet for him. But it's easy to do when these are your friendships. Like, it's easy to say, oh, I'm super hospitable to my friends. I love my friends. I think about them all the time. But this is the thing. Hospitality to outsiders is a lot more about you than it is about them. Hospitality to outsiders is way more about you than it is about them. You know, in John chapter 4, is anyone familiar with the story of the woman at the well? Well, let me tell you a little about it. We don't have to put the scriptures up yet. Here's a story. There was a woman, and she was at a well. Pretty good, right? Smart guy. I know this stuff. I study this stuff right now. So there's a lot more to the story than her just being in a well. This is a woman who is a total outsider. And Jesus saw this woman at the well, and instead of just passing her by, because she was a Samaritan. No one taught to Samaritans. He was a, a Jewish man. But instead of just forgetting about her and letting her be an outsider, he actually went and talked to her. He's the one that initiated conversation with her. He's the one that said, hey, you, 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 I see you. You're an outsider. Don't remain an outsider. Come in. 
Come and be part of this circle. I have a question for you. You know, I'm thirsty. Where do I get some water? And this whole story unfolds where Jesus starts telling this woman about all these facts about her life. You know, I know you have, you've had five husbands. I know you're living with a guy right now that's not your husband. Like, all these things are just blowing this woman away. And she's like, you know, who, who are you? This is like the, sounds like the Messiah. And he's like, I am, I am that guy. The guy you're talking about. The guy, that's me. I'm the Messiah. Now, something crazy happens. This is insane. Because what we just saw was a man showing hospitality to an outsider. Because hospitality to outsiders is more about you than it is about them. So he sees this woman, says, you know, you're an outsider, come be part of my inner group, and this is what happens. In verse number 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the son of God. See, this is the thing. This is, gonna, this is us. This is our story. Hospitality to outsiders changes people. Hospitality to outsiders is way more about you than it is about them, and it changes you. You know, this woman, she was a total outsider in her little group, in the community she lived in. But in getting hospitality from Jesus... For, for someone to reach out to her and to care about her, it changed the person that she is. Let me share a quick story. I'm, I did Rooted. Uh, most of the adults of the church do Rooted. We do rhythms for junior high and small groups. For the adults, they do Rooted in life groups. So I'm doing Rooted with this Rooted group, and I, my girlfriend at the time, now the woman I married, we went down, this is, so this is early in our relationship, we went down to Skid Row to do homeless ministry. I've talked about homeless ministry before up here. So we went down there, and I thought to myself, man, I have this all figured out. You know, I'm a, I work at a church. You know, I have a big, thick Christian Bible. I mean, I have a big Bible, and I have a degree in ministry. Like, I'm going to knock this out of the park. You know, and Brittany, she's kind of nervous about going down. She, she doesn't know what to say, how to talk to people, how to pray for people, um, how to initiate conversation with, with really with the outsider, with the homeless outsider. But hospitality to outsiders is a lot more about you than it is about them. So I went down there, and she was a rock star. Brittany killed it. She knocked it out of the park, praying with people, laying hands on people, talking with them, getting their stories. And it was me, the guy. I'm the guy that froze. I'm the guy that didn't know what to do. I'm the guy in that moment. I froze because, because it was so foreign to me and so foreign to the culture that I grew up in, the way that I grew up, the people that I hung out with. It was so foreign to me to show hospitality to outsiders even though hospitality to outsiders is way more about you than it is about them. So I really pushed myself. And I really tried to, to start initiating conversations and talking to them. I pushed myself, and this is what happened. Hospitality to outsiders then became a part of who I was. See, when you show hospitality to outsiders, because hospitality to outsiders is more about you than it is about them, when I do that, you guys repeat. When hospitality to outsiders is way more about you than it is about them, okay? And that changed me. That changed the person that I was. Now I'm the person just like Mary is. I'm now the person who's showing hospitality to others. It changed me. I'm a different guy now. It's not always easy to do that, though. See, for her, this, this change was facing a lot of the truths of her being an outsider. It was facing a lot of those truths of, of, you know, this was my life. This is my new life, but that was my life. You know, Zacchaeus, 
is an awesome story. Anyone know the story of Zacchaeus climbing up the tree? Anyone kind of familiar with that? You guys are kind of tired today. I think this time change really wrecked with you. So here we go. Zacchaeus, tax collector, verse 19. This is what it says. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of... Ah, here we go. And uh, he was a cheap tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, little short, cute guy, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Our God is not afraid of outsiders. Our God, the God we follow, Jesus, is not afraid of outsiders. He's not afraid of talking to them. He actually sees them and says, hey, hey, listen, I want to come. I want to come stay with you. I want to meet with you in your area. He doesn't say, like, oh, hey, Zacchaeus, what's going on, man? Hey, talk to one of my disciples. See if we can schedule something for next week. Hey, Zacchaeus, you know, I'm going to this place. Maybe you can tag along. I don't know if you can get in. You got to talk to the bouncer at the door. I'm not sure, but I'm going to be in this place with the disciples hanging out. Maybe we can work something out later. Or Zacchaeus is there. I got to, I can't be seen with him. I'm Jesus. I can't be seen with him. No, no, no. Jesus knows how to talk to outsiders. Jesus cares about outsiders. He's not afraid of outsiders. So he saw Zacchaeus and he said, hey Zacchaeus, I want to have dinner with you. I want to hang out with you on your turf. Let's go, me and you, to your house right now. And this is what happened next in verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter. You guys know what muttering is. Like when people are just talking behind your back and they're just muttering negative things and you know what they're saying and you know it's negative and you know it's hurtful, but they're muttering it so you can't really call them out on it. But they're muttering behind his back. He has gone to be a guest of a sinner and these beady-eyed, judgmental people are just looking at Jesus and trying to poke holes in all the things that he's doing. But Jesus knows something really important. He knows that hospitality to outsiders is way more about you than it is about them. And he knows that hospitality to outsiders, to the disenfranchised, to the people that are considered on the margin of our friends groups, of our school groups, those people, that those people are important. So this is what it says in the next verse. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Anyone watch the Bible thing on History Channel last week, your parents? You guys watch that? Wasn't that totally awesome? That first, like, five minutes of that show blew me away. The ark is on the waves, and this guy, with Noah with a Scottish accent, is like, in the beginning, God created, and he goes through the heavens and the earth, and, and mountains are coming out of the seas, and, you know, guys are just, you know, Adam's rising from the dirt. It's totally nuts. And I'm watching this, and I'm totally blown away. And it gets to the part about Abraham. You guys remember that part, very beginning? And God said to Abraham, I am going to birth a nation through you and your wife, Sarah. You're going to have many kids, and at the time they had no kids, but I'm going to do a whole thing through you. Get ready for it. It's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. And this is what he's saying. Jesus is saying, you, this guy who everyone looks at it on the margin, everyone looks at it as an outsider, listen, you are important to God. You came from Adam, or I mean from Abraham. You came from Abraham. You came from the guy whose responsibility it was, was to bring forth a new nation. 
You matter to God. Hospitality to outsiders, loving outsiders, hospitality to them is way more about you than it will ever be about them. See, this is what happens. Hospitality being about you gives responsibility back into your hands. You know, we talk about student leadership here all the time, and it's so nice to serve here. I love our student leaders in JHM. They're incredible. And our band, did you guys notice that band was all students? There was one guy, college kid over here without a microphone. Worship was led today by students. That is mind-blowing. And they did an incredible job. And I get to see this every week, just these student leaders who are running tech, student leaders who are helping behind the scenes with our ministry. Listen, this is great stuff, but think about this. If, if you came to me with a choice and said, hey, I can either serve on student leadership here in the church or I can serve on student leadership at my school, what do you think I should do? I would prefer you be on student leadership at your school. Whoa, that's crazy, right? I was talking to some pastors this week and they were voicing their frustrations about people that missed church or missed small groups or events because of sports or because of concerts or whatever, you know, all these other things that kind of pull people away from church and the environment of church, like sports and games and different things. And there's one youth pastor is just going off like, I don't believe parents do this. I don't, they should care more about their kid being at church. Listen, listen, listen. When you're not here, when you're missing small group, when you're missing church, you have an opportunity, listen, you have an opportunity to love outsiders in such an amazing way. Would I rather have you here? Of course I love you being here. I love people being at junior high. I love people being at small groups. I love people being at the events we have. I love that stuff. But is it more important than you being out there in the world with people, loving them, showing hospitality to the outsiders? It is not more important than that. You know, sometimes we tend to looking at, you know, what's easy and, you know, the easiest way to go. You know, it's really easy coming to church and just spending time here at church. It is super simple to show up at JHM once a week, bring your Bible, don't bring your Bible, rip up a couple, you know, bulletins and, and just hang out and sit there and play Angry Birds. Listen, this is easy stuff. God is about using our discomfort as a motivation to action. Is it comfortable for you to go and sit with the kid that no one sits with at lunch? Is it comfortable for you to go to your sports team and say, hey, listen, I know we're about to go play this game that we've been practicing for all week, but how about we just start, what if, what if I just pray for everyone real quick that no one gets injured and that we all have fun? How about I pray for that real quick? Man, that's uncomfortable stuff. But yet God's telling you that hospitality to outsiders is way more about you than it is about them. You know, when I think about it, when I think of myself, I, I sometimes always take the easy way out. You know, it's so easy for me to, to see a guy standing on a corner holding a sign for money and for me to just hit, press on the gas when the light turns green. You know, when we're all trained, and I feel like people are going to have answers, you know, and everyone says, no, no, you never give money to the people holding signs on the street because they're going to use the money for yeah. drugs, cigarettes, and alcohol. Listen, listen, I'm not this guy's parent, and I'm not this guy's accountant. I'm called by God to show hospitality to outsiders because hospitality is more about you than it is about them. 
Is it your job to be accountable to the things they're going to use that money for? No, no, no. God calls you to show hospitality, to love the outsider. You know, I always talk about how I would love to come to your house for dinner. I talk about it all the time. And I've been to a couple of your houses for dinner. I love having dinner at students' houses and getting to know families and having fun. Do you know that I've never called a local school and said, hey, if you have any families at your school who are just in need of spiritual help or, or just support or love, that they can just call me. Here's my cell phone number. Just have them give me a call. Do you think I've never done that? You know, I tweet about, you know, hey, I'll come to your house for dinner. I'll hang out with you. Hey, here's my card. Have your parents email me. I've never once gone to a public school and said, I'm open and available for you. I've not shown hospitality to outsiders. I've been weak in this area. You know, this is what Hebrews 13 says. It says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. And those who are mistreated as if you or yourselves were suffering. And remember those who sit alone at lunch tables as if you are also sitting alone. Remember those who, who ha are confined to a wheelchair and maybe need help from time to time, as if you yourself were confined to a wheelchair. Remember those who are going home feeling like they have no friends, feeling like no one likes them at school, that they are an outsider and a victim. Remember those as if you yourselves feel to have no friends and be an outsider. Hospitality to outsiders is way more about you than it is and will ever be about them. Church sometimes is looked at as a fortress. We say, oh man, we're, we're safe in here. We're all together. And listen, this might be convicting for some people. You might listen to this and be like, I feel like he's talking to me. Has he talked to my parents? I haven't talked to any of your parents. I open up the Bible and I look what it teaches. And sometimes we look at church like a fortress. And we say, we got into this room. And we, you know, we blacked out all the windows. And we're safe here from the outside world. But when God says church is like an oasis... It is an oasis where everyone is welcomed, where the water flows, where it's fresh, where it gives new life, and that I, I can't be everywhere. I can send you to go and do these things. I send you to show hospitality to strangers because you are my plan A, and there is no plan B. We're going to leave here, and we're going to go do tons of stuff. We're going to go do sports, and we're going to finish off our school years, and we're going to do different things, but listen to me. And eighth graders, listen up loud, because I'm talking to you. You guys have three more months to decide the legacy you're going to leave at your junior high. You have three more months to decide the legacy you're going to leave at MCS or any other schools around here. Three more months before you go into high school. What are you going to make your last three months be about? Is it going to be about you and the things that you have going on and the person that you are? Or is it going to be about showing hospitality to outsiders because it is way more about you and what God's doing through you and what he wants to do through you and what he's ready to do through you than it is about them? There's a lot of words. But God feels so strongly about this. And listen to me, students. He feels so strongly about this that he didn't send a backup plan. There is no reinforcements coming. It is you. You are the plan. There are people out there that feel like they're outsiders. They're not noticed and they're on the margin. And God sent you, you to do this. And you can. God wants to help you do it. You're not alone in this. We're going to throw in some music. I want you guys to think because I'm going to walk you through something.
Each of you have a bulletin, and maybe it didn't survive all of service, but for most of you, it probably did, and you hopefully have a pen with you. And there's a little tear-off. And this is what I want you to think about. What can you do this week that can change the way you view outsiders and the way you show hospitality to them? What can you do this week? For me, and I'm being honest, I need to get in my office Tuesday. I got to call a public school. I just got to do it. Listen, listen, I just got to do it. I email your parents all the time, like, I'm available to you. Email me anytime you want. Call me anytime you want. Guess what? That's so good for the church. It is not showing hospitality to outsiders. I need to improve, and I will. Some of you guys may look on this list and say, I'll invite someone from school to my house for dinner, okay? Here's one. I'm going to sit at a new table at lunch. People might look and they might murmur like the beady-eyed people did about Jesus having dinner with the sinners. But guess what? You have decided that you will show hospitality to outsiders. It's more about you than it is about them. I'll tell teachers that I appreciate them. Do you think teachers get that a lot? My wife's a teacher. She never gets that. I'm going to show appreciation to my teacher. I'm going to change the course of their week because I'm going to show hospitality to outsiders. God wants to use discomfort to do amazing action. So take a minute. Think about the one thing you're going to do. I'm not asking for a list. Pick one thing. Take one step this week. Write it down on your card, and this is what you're going to do with it. You're going to take it and you're going to put it in your pocket, put it in your purse, and I want you to show it to your parents when you get in the car or whatever, because they learned the same thing that you just learned. They learned this whole thing. So, how are you going to show hospitality to outsiders this week? Only you can know this, and I encourage every one of you to do it. Let me pray over all of us, then I'm going to dismiss you. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these students. Thank you for the blessing of teaching them the truth of God's word. And Lord, you are looking to use them in incredible ways. Today could be the start of the change that takes place on a campus or in a family or at a lunch table. They are your plan. Use them. Hospitality to outsiders is more about you than it is about them. Lord, thank you for caring about us. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.